Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, one for the books. The Green Hornet strikes again. Before we begin our story, here's a message for American women who want to serve their country and help bring the war to a victorious close. Listen, if you're 20 to 36 years of age, married or single with no children under 18, you are urgently needed by the SPARS, Women's Reserve of the United States Coast Guard. In the SPARS, you'll be given your basic training at beautiful Palm Beach, Florida. You'll be assigned to a vital, interesting job, releasing a Coast Guardsman for active sea duty. You'll wear smart, becoming uniforms and receive good pay with splendid opportunities for advancement. Apply now at your nearest Coast Guard recruiting station or write to the U.S. Coast Guard Headquarters, Washington, D.C., for a free booklet describing the life of the spars. And now, the Green Hornet. In a certain town in England, two men waited at the railroad station for the arrival of the train from London. To all outward appearances, they were average-type Englishmen. But should anyone have overheard the conversation which they carried on in low tones, he would have had reason to believe they were not what they seemed, though the younger of the two spoke with a decided English accent. Soon the train will arrive, Mark. We must be careful that Lewis Chandler does not become suspicious of us before we get him in the car. Are you sure, Lomax, that this Chandler fellow didn't personally know the chap who was supposed to meet him here? Lewis Chandler is only a minor attaché who is being sent to America as a replacement at one of the consulates there. A London agent notified us that he knows very few people outside of London. That he definitely does not know the man who was to meet him and give him these papers. (laughs) No need to ask what happened to the chap from whom you took those papers. <laughs> You're very efficient, Lomax. Rather to say that the entire espionage system of the Third Reich is efficient, Mark. These papers, by the way, are the pass to the airport and a priority for plane passage. Here, take them. Hmm. And just what is expected of me, Lomax? You haven't gone into detail. I intended to later. 
but now we'll do just as well. As you know, all communications and all travel have stopped between here and the European continent. Not even diplomats and neutral countries can get by or get dispatches through. Yes, I know. We must get someone out of England somehow. Therefore, you are to take the place of this minor attaché so as to reach America. You know the information give our agents there. That they, in turn, can get in through to Germany in ways known only to themselves. But, um, what of Chandler? He will be dealt with, my friend. Never fear. After we get his passport identification papers, which you will use. Uh, didn't it occur to you that he may, uh, he may be known to someone at that consulate in America? You will not go to the consulate, Mark. You will go to an address which I should give you. Here's the express from London now. Come. We will meet young Lewis Chandler. Look, let us see coming this way now. Mr. Chandler. Oh, you must be the chap with my airport pass for priority, are you now? That's right. And we will drive you out to your plane. The car is right over there. Come, there's no time to lose. Hmm? I say, it's very kind of you gentlemen to give me such service. It is nothing. Come, Mark. Perhaps you'd better give me the papers before I forget them. The papers? Oh, yes, yes. But uh, where you are going, you will not need papers, my friend. I I don't understand. Why not come to the point, Lomax? Of course, it is best. Mr. Chandler, I'm sorry to inform you that you're not going to the airport at all. Not going to? Say, what is this? Let me out of this car. Not so fast, my friend. A, a gun? Then you are the men that... Unfortunately, the man who started out to meet you met with an accident. So that is it. <laughs> well, I won't let you get away with this. I'll use the gun on him, all my Speed up, Mark. I'll eliminate the dumb coof. <laughs> then we'll proceed to the airport. Oh, no, you won't, you sneaking spy. If I can only get that gun... This will show you we mean business. <laughs> morning that the plane carrying the Nazi agent posing as Lewis Chandler arrived at the city airport, Axford, reporter for the Daily Sentinel newspaper, who'd gone out to cover the departure of an important official, was about to enter a waiting cab when someone tapped him sharply on the back. Uh, take me to the... Hey, now, what do you jab me in the back for me, good man? Uh, pardon me, old chap, but I'm in a juice of a hurry. Uh, would you mind awfully if I take this cab? Well, now, there's no reason why we can't take it together since we're oh, gone... that wouldn't do at all. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Hey, wait a minute. Who do you think you are grabbing that cab right from under? Ah, what's the use? Guys like that one could smooth talk the rest of us out of anything and get away with it. So sorry. Taxi! Hey, taxi! Later that morning, Mark was sitting in the back room of a small bookshop on 3rd Street talking to a man who had apparently been expecting him. I hope you covered your trail here. Of course, Mr. Pender. I changed cabs several times and got out of the last one when we reached 3rd Street. Then I walked to the shop. Well, I'll hide you here. Tonight, after I close shop, we'll get together and I'll put down in code what you tell me about happenings in England. I hope for your own sake you've not bungled things by leaving the consulate chauffeur waiting at the airport. I am not a bungler. What's more, I don't like threats, Mr. Pender. So? 
But while you are here, you will do as I say. And if I don't? This will see that you do. Put away that gun, you fool. When I am ready. Not before. I said put it away. Since you won't, I... So... So you knocked it out of my hand, eh? I shall not forget your insolence. Do not threaten me again, Panda. I've been educated in England so that I might be of service to our country. I didn't come here to be bullied by you. Some of you younger agents are overconfident, my friend. Neither the British nor the Americans are easily fooled these days. So watch your step. Meantime, at the Daily Sentinel, Michael Axford was in the outer office with Lenore Case, secretary to Britt Reed, the publisher, when Ed Lowry, another reporter, entered. <laughs> I hear you let some eyebrow put one over on you, Axford. Well, now, Mr. Smart Guy, and what would you do in a case like that, I'm asking? This guy comes poking me in the back just as I'm about to get into a cab. Pardon me, old chap, he says. I'm in a deuce of a hurry. With that, he climbs into the cab and leaves me standing there. Well, why didn't you climb in with him, Axford? Don't tell me you're getting too fat to sit in a cab with only one other person. Who, me? Fat? Look at me, Casey. Do I look as though I'm too fat to ride with one person? I am looking at you, Axford. And the answer is yes. Say no. For two pins, I... I, I, I look as though you're going to have a rope. I wouldn't lower myself to answer you. But if we weren't both going into sea reed, I tell you to... Oh, what are you two both standing outside the door for? Oh, I, uh, I was just holding the door open for Laurie to go in first. But since she's waiting for me to go in, I lead the way. Say, it seems that you two are suddenly getting overly polite to each other, aren't you? Hello, I want you to go over to the British consulate and get all the details you can on a chap named Louis Chandler. He's young attaché who seems to have lost himself his first day in this country. You mean he's disappeared, Reed? Yes, in a way. Well, what's the dope, Chief? Well, this fellow Chandler arrived today. He was met by a chauffeur in one of the consulate cars. He went to get cigarettes or something. Just didn't come back to the car, that's all. Well, where was he coming from? He arrived from England this morning. Oh, he was bringing secret papers and spies got him. I bet that's it. <laughs> no, expert, I've been assured Chandler carried no important dispatches. In fact, he came to fill a relatively unimportant position at the consulate. That's why his disappearance is so strange, and why they're inclined to think he just became confused and couldn't find the way back to the car. Sure, but a grown-up guy like that could hop a cab and drive to the consulate, couldn't he? That's right. Yeah, maybe he'll turn up later. However, in case he doesn't, I want to have as much about him as we can get to run a story in tonight's edition. Okay, Chief. I'll go right over to the consulate and get what dope they have for us. Good. Axford, maybe you'd better go down to police headquarters and see what news you can pick up. Also, you might get a line on that Chandler chap. Uh, then you don't think there's any spies mixed up in his being missing, Reed? Well, so far, there's no reason why they should be interested in anyone like Lewis Chandler. <laughs> of course, Axford, if you can run down a few in connection with Chandler's disappearance, we might really get a scoop. I'm on my way. So long, Reed. Come on, Lowry. Uh, I'm with you, Axford. Get in touch with me if you've got anything worthwhile, Axford. That I will, Reed. You can depend on me. Where are you going now, Axford? Sure, and if it's any of your business, Casey, I'm on my way to cops' headquarters. Good. Then you can drop this book for me at the Third Street Bookshop. I got it from the circulating library. Now, what makes you think I'm going to do it? No, Axford, come on. Be nice. Yes, Axford. Be nice. <laughs> okay. Give me the book. Here. And while you're about it, pick out another one for me, will you? A good detective story. Use your own judgment. Well, maybe I will and maybe I won't. I don't want to be lugging a book around the cop's headquarters. Why not? You'll have something to read while you hang around there. Okay, okay. But don't start yapping at me if you don't like what I bring back. No, where'd the dump I got to go to? 
The Third Street Bookshop. That's the name of it. It's located at Third and West. And don't forget to take it there. It's overdue now. Third Street Bookshop, and Okay, Casey. I'll take it for you. And I'll bring back a story for you that'll make your hair stand on end. That I will. Someone just came into the shop. I'll be glad it's time to close. There haven't been any customers in this afternoon. No, no. As a matter of fact, the fewer I have come in, the better I like it. Come away from those curtains. You mustn't be seen. I was just looking to see who... Great start. What's the matter? Look. The man looking over those books. What about him? Speak up. I saw him at the airport this morning. I used the cab he, uh, he was about to use. Do you think he knows and has followed me here by any chance? Yeah, he looks like a detective or perhaps a federal man. Yes. You and your confidence. I told you these Americans were clever. Must get my gun from the drawer here. Hey! Anybody waiting on customers around this joint? Quick! He may come back here. To be on the safe side, we may have to force him to come back here. Until we can find some other hiding place for you. And then... Ah, but we shall see. I'll go talk to him. Stay here. Oh, there you are. What is it you want, my friend? Sure, I'm on the hunt for a good spy story. <laughs> so, Nick, you got a spy or two hidden around the joint, just put me wise. <laughs> Isn't that one for the books? <laughs> you get it? One for the books. <laughs> and try the card, though. <laughs> Your humor is a little far-fetched under the circumstances, my friend. Uh. You don't think that was funny, eh? I don't think you came here to be funny, as you call it. Well, now, since you haven't got a sense of humor, I can be as serious as you can at that. I brought that book in. I want to give me a good spy story. So you came here for a spy story? Sure, and don't keep me waiting. I've got to get down to cop's headquarters. A detective, huh? Well, have it your way. I said I'd bring back one, so don't waste any more time. Very well. We won't waste time. Get going into that back room. Hey, what's the idea of pulling a gun on me? Whatever it is, I... Watch your quick. Grab him. Let me go, you saw pussy idea. Your pretended stupidity may have fooled the one you know as Lewis Chandler here. But I am more accustomed to matching wits with you American agents. I give you credit for your cleverness up to a certain point. Lewis Chandler? American agent? Hey, are you gone not to your... Oh, holy crow. Maybe I've run on to something about that missing attachee or... Have I? <laughs> oh, very clever act, my good fellow. But you were rather foolish to try a one-man raid like this. All right, get going. You may have found the man you were trailing, but you may be sure no one will ever find you. I shall see to that. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Right now, our armed forces are using up a tremendous amount of our crude oil supply, and we can't cut down on their ration. Neither can we expect to get ahead of the game by patronizing the black market. Many people think that there's enough gasoline available to redeem every coupon in existence, that it's just a matter of getting it before somebody else does. Nothing could be further from the truth. There's no magic source from which black market gasoline flows. It comes right out of the tanks of honest citizens, and simply means that they can't have their fair share. So while you're patiently waiting for the day when gasoline will return in abundance, just be sure you don't buy gasoline coupons 
And don't buy gasoline without giving up the proper coupons. Play square with gasoline. And now back to our story. That evening, Britt Reed was getting ready to leave his office for the day. He was in the outer office talking to Miss Case. I guess there isn't anything else, Miss Case. You can type those letters I dictated when you come in tomorrow morning. I'd rather get them typed tonight, Mr. Reed. Then I can sleep peacefully. Oh, hi, Chief. Boy, I'm glad I caught you before you left. What's up, Lowry? Something new on that Lewis Chandler case. Something hot. Darn it all, something we can't print yet. Well, I'm listening. I got all the dope on Chandler and phoned it into Gunnigan. And then I hung around the consulate to see if there was anything else breaking. I see. Chief, a little while ago, they got a cablegram from the foreign office in London saying that a body was found in England that's been definitely identified as being Lewis Chandler. Huh. What do you think of that? That is news. And the man who arrived this morning and disappeared must be a phony. That's strange. Well, nothing strange about it. The guy who came in Chandler's place must be a spy or something. Exactly. You say we can't print that news? Yeah. They don't want to let the fake Chandler know they found out yet. I see the sense to that, all right. By the way, Mr. Reed, Sergeant Burke called from police headquarters. He said Axford hadn't been there at all this afternoon. That's mighty strange. Well, I asked him to drop into a bookstore on his way down there. The Third Street Bookshop. Uh, Call the shop on the phone and see if he's been there. All right. Outside line, please. Say, Chief, Axford had some guy with a British accent take his cab away from him at the airport this morning. Hmm, There's possibilities, Larry. Go down to headquarters and tell Burke. An inquiry among the drivers might turn up something. They're ringing, but they don't answer, Mr. Reed. Well, never mind. Maybe I should run onto something that kept him from going to headquarters. Uh, come on, I'll drop you off if you're ready to go home. Uh, let me know if anything comes from that taxi driver inquiry, Larry. That Chandler case is going to be a real story after all. If and when we get it. <laughs> Britt Reed soon arrived at his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, was waiting. I can't get it out of my head that Axford's mixed up with that Chandler fellow somehow. Ever since Lowry told me about that incident regarding a cab at the airport. You, uh, you worried about Axford, perhaps? Yes, I am. If he'd changed his mind about going to headquarters, he'd have phoned in and said so. The only thing I see to do is to try to find him and to start at that bookshop at the Mask and Gascon, Cato. Black Beauty already? We get mask and gas gun on the way out, Mr. Britt. Good. The bookshop lead seems a little too easy to suit me, Cato. Something tells me that before we're through, we're going to run into a lot tougher deal than we bargained for. Let's go. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building, which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness.
bookshop's closed for the night, Cato. However, I think I'll have a look around inside. Yes, Mr. Brick. Approaching the rear window of the bookshop, Britt Reed manipulated the catch with a thin steel instrument. Then he raised the window cautiously, lifted himself over the sill, and dropped inside. Not use my flashlight. It's at the plain back room. Shot must be through those curtains. Nothing to indicate Axford's been here. There's a book on the counter over there, but that doesn't mean anything with so many books around, so I'll write that card on that book. Let's see. It's a card like the use at the regular library. With Miss Case's name on it. Then Axford did come here. He left this book, but didn't take another. Strange. Place is empty now, all right. But I have a feeling this place had something to do with Axford's disappearance. Them cab drivers didn't give us much information after all. That guy was slick enough to make a lot of changes. Yeah, he's a slick one, all right, or he wouldn't be a spy, Sarge. Yeah, I remember once when I... Hey, wait, Cassidy, stop. What's the matter, Sarge? Yeah, what are we stopping for? Someone's prowling around inside that bookshop with a flashlight. See there? Gee, you're right. Get your gun handy and come on, Cassidy. We'll bust the unarmed before he knows you even see him. I'll go around the back, Sarge. Go in that way. Okay. Laurie, you can come with me if you want to. Come on. Easy now. You'll have to force the door. Now. Sarge! Sarge! This way! He went this way! Why didn't you stop him, Cassidy? I didn't have the chance. He jumped me. Sarge, that was no ordinary prowler. That was the Green Hornet himself. What? Come on, hurry up. Let's get after him. Cassidy, go put in a call for some more men quick. We'll scour the neighborhood till we run him down. Get going! Meantime, Axford lay on a cot tied hand and foot in a secret hideout, reached through a trap door from the back room of the bookshop. On a small table nearby was an old-fashioned oil lamp, the dim light of which cast weird shadows over the faces of the two men seated at the table talking. I gather from the muffled sounds we've heard overhead that the police were looking for our detective friend over there. How many times do I have to tell you I'm not a detective? I'm a reporter. I heard you say that before, my friend, but I don't believe you. Suppose they find the trap door, Pender. They won't, so don't worry. I have it fixed in such a way that when it's closed, the rug slides in place over it. All right, let's continue with our work. I must get all the details down in this report. I've given you all there is to report. Aha! Now I'm beginning to see the light. Chandler's a spy just like you are. Sure, and that's two of you I'll have to turn in. <laughs> such a sense of humor for a man in his predicament. I'm not in any such thing, whatever it is. Hey, now, me feet are going to sleep. Can't you in time for a few minutes? You're two against one, and me hands are tied up tight as a drum. Loosen his feet, Mark. He can't do us any harm with his hands tied. Mm. I'll untie his feet, then. <laughs> ah, what a relief. Hey, did you say that trap door was the only way out of here? Yes, but you could never make it. I would have to shoot you down, you see. Uh-huh. 
Of course, if that lamp went out like this, for instance... He kicked over the table. I'll get him for that. Pender, look. Fire. The oil from the lamp. We must get out quick. But first... Oh, I'll... no, you don't. We'll all be burned alive. Pender! Pender! Back in alley near bookshop again, Mr. Britt. Yes, I still think there's some clue to be found in there to Axford's whereabouts, Cato. You've given the police the slip for a short time, Mr. so. Mr. Britt, look. There at back of shop. Smoke. Come on, Cato. Police leave back door open. Smoke come from back room in there. It's coming up through that rug. Pull it back. Trap door. I'll handle this. Go turn on the fire alarm, quick. Hurry, Mark. I have to report, see? Come on. We must get out of here. Hold it, Marks. What? A masked man. Three reporters. Get out of our way. You get what the other one got below. So that's it, eh? We'll see about that. Miss me. Hag it, Lug. Fuck, he's an enemy of the pure. Gas, I... I'll get you. I'll die in the... Devil, I know your are I'll see that you got what's coming to you. Where's that man who came in the shop this afternoon? Where is he? Oh, he's down there. Don't, don't. And if he's done for, you'll get far worse. Yes! Gotta get to Axford. Got to get to him. He's got to be all right. A regular furnace down here. Smoke's pretty heavy. I have to feel my way. There he is. Now, if I can only make it to the back door. I'm almost there. Here we are. I'm that trap door shut. Take an expert into the alley. He's breathing. He'll be all right. Better clear out of here while the going's good. Glory be. Here's three laid out here. Come on, let's drag him out into the alley. This one's heavy, sir. This ought to be far enough. Hey, where am I? What's happened? Hey, flash that light there. Well, well can you beat the guards? It's Axford. Soldiers. Glory be. I wonder who them other two are. Don't let them get away, Sarge. They're spies. That's what they are. There he goes again. Spies, he says. Wait a minute. Hey, golly, Lowry, he's right. This looks like spy stuff, all right. Sure, that slim guy is that Chandler fella. He's nothing but a double-talking spy of an action. Chandler. Boy, oh boy, Axford, you did get a haul. Oh, it wasn't much. I've been training him all day. And they decided to close in on him, but they put up a stiff fight. That they did. But, well, they did me duties this hard, that's all. Sure. And I suppose you stuck that seal on the forehead of each one of them, huh, Axford? Seal? What are you talking about, Sarge? Stuck as nice as you please right in the middle of the forehead of each is the seal of the green hornet. The green hornet? Now, isn't that one for the books? Thank you.
An Air Corps captain recently wrote Ernie Pyle that a letter from home was like a five-minute furlough. Now, this is one kind of furlough that we at home can grant just as often as we wish, without any risk of hampering the war effort. The next thing to do after writing these letters is to make sure they're delivered as quickly and as safely as possible. V-mail is the answer. It has priority over all other types of mail, and it saves precious cargo space needed to send vital equipment. Since this service was inaugurated, over 300 million letters have been sent, and not a single one has been reported lost. Nothing is more important to those in service than mail from home. Remember the words of the Air Corps captain. A letter is like a five-minute furlough. Be sure to listen to the Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Hyde speaking. This is the Blue Network.